So my coworker says there's a musical for everyone. And I don't necessarily disagree with her. You know, she, um, she has a background uh, in theater um, and she actually used to work at our uh, local theater right in the village where I live and stuff. So, you know, she's, she definitely has a passion for it and she's very knowledgeable about it. And I've told her I hate musicals and she's like, that's, that's not true. There's always, there's always at least, you know, one that you're going to find you like. And she's not wrong because uh, I did really enjoy Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I have not seen it in a while, but but I do remember watching. Yeah, and, I, you know, just based off the cast alone, you gotta love it. Exactly, I believe it was Joss Whedon, right? So it's probably canceled now. But at the time, oh <laughs> I really, I really thought it was funny. I thought it was hilarious. It was what I like, and you know, you know, I like Disney movies. Um, but for me, like, I could not even get through Hamilton. I, I got 35 minutes into it, and I had to shut it off because I just. I don't like the constant singing and dancing to tell the story, I guess. It's just not my thing. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it or people can't like it, but personally, don't enjoy it. It just, it bores me. I don't, I don't like uh, that kind of medium. So for me, it's like, it's gonna be a no dog for In the Heights. And I, you know, I've, I've heard also the criticism that they used a lot of uh, very light-skinned Latino people for that film, right? And there's, a lot of dark-skinned Latinos that were left out. And it, and it, that's, you know, I don't know if that was intentional or if they just cast So you're saying I had a chance of being in, in the Heights. Yes. Uh, if, I, yes. if I knew how to sing. Yes. But like, Man, it's- I should have auditioned. It's de definitely, you know, something to think about. I know that, uh, you know his better his name better than me. Was it Lin-Manuel Miranda? Lin-Manuel Miranda. Okay, there yeah. you go. He, he apologized for this and said that, you know, he was listening to the feedback and, would keep that in mind going forward. Was this before or after our conversation, just out of curiosity? <laughs> um, it was, I mean, I don't know when it happened, but I just heard about it last night. Okay, cool, cool, good to know, good to know. Uh, yeah, uh, for those, uh, yeah, for those of you who aren't aware, I am very skeptical or hesitant, I should say, going into In the Heights because, um, while Hamilton had a couple of very catchy songs that I still listen to to this day, and, uh, for some reason they motivate me, uh, overall, you know, it, the, Hamilton as a whole was weird to me because it was people of color sanitizing a very disgusting history by, you know, idealizing slave owners and and uh, they really didn't even mention it. They, you know, uh, all, all there was just a line from Hamilton telling Jefferson, "We know who's really doing the planting," and that was, you know, that was that was pretty much it. Uh, that being said, super catchy, very well put together, very well performed show. You know, like the uh, the the pageantry is incredible. So, uh, but yeah, with you know, with that, I was just like, I don't know. We'll see. You know, what sanitization is is in in the heights. And honestly, when I watch it, I'm probably gonna fall in love with it because I'm a mush. Uh, but but like I said, I'm hesitant. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that, I know uh, off mic we were kind of like going back and forth on this because I didn't realize that the guy who did Hamilton also did this. So I thought you were just suspicious. I thought you were just suspicious of musicals. And I was like, what? I was like, that's fucking weird, man. And I'm like, like, why do you hate musicals like that? I'm like, I'm like, I can get it if it's not your thing. But like, you're just like, I don't, I don't trust it, man. I'm like, it's a fucking musical. But uh, when you once we finally figured out the disconnect there, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I said it's Hamilton, man. 
but it came out to you as it's Hamilton, man, as in it's going to be Hamilton again. Exactly. Like, no, it's the man who made Hamilton. No, I yeah, I was like, I was like, you're saying it's all it's Hamilton all over again, and I'm like, I'm like, I mean, you don't know that, you know? I'm like, how can you fucking say that? And then and then you explained to me that it was actually the same creator. I'm like, oh, it's the Hamilton man. <laughs> Classic, you know, Uh, comedy of errors, if you will, little miscommunication. Yeah, yeah. uh, I will. I will most likely not be enjoying it. I think it's pretty cool that you know uh, Latinos are getting represented in this. Uh, You know, I I believe it's an all Latino cast actually, and that's cool. That's that's great. I think representation is really important. I'm happy to see that. Um, I would have been psyched if it wasn't a musical to see it, but. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to watch it and let me know. And then uh, he'll review it, not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, ke- I'll keep you posted. Uh, you know, I just, uh, I hope that as uh, representation continues to become more mainstream, it's not, you know, in a way that's just commodi- commodified and more in a way that allows for uh, uh, Im- the, the improvement of quality of life for people of color uh, all over, not just those who are entertaining us right if you know if that that that's how i'm gonna put that uh but with that being said my terrible segue into everything ty how many new reviews do we have this week i'm gonna say negative two plus two that is absolutely correct, Ty. For those of you who don't know math, that comes out to a big fat zero, a goose egg. Yeah. If you want your review read at the top of the podcast, fuck you. You got to earn it. We need at least 10 more reviews before I read any of them and call out anyone. <laughs> I'm going to neg our whole audience right now. Okay. I'm going to disrespect them. We're going to record episodes on the day we're supposed to release them. And maybe I'll release it later tonight. Who knows? I'm going to update the show notes. This booch is heel turn, baby. I'm going to update the show notes months after after making very critical claims. <laughs> and then I'm going to pull the conservative narrative that says, do your own research. Uh, but yeah, we do not have any reviews. Um, but with that being said, let's just get into the episode. Sound good? Uh, yeah, okay. leave us a review on yeah, yeah. Le- leave us a review of your a review on Apple Podcasts if you'd like. Rate, review, subscribe helps out the podcast and you know helps us get our message out to y'all. Yeah, subscribe. Uh, yeah, but uh, but yes, if Ty is ready for the theme song, then let's bring it on in. <laughs> Welcome back to the Politipop Podcast, the podcast where we read between the lines of our favorite pop culture or um, civil rights movements that lead to uh, just being absorbed by capitalism, are <laughs> uh, our favorite ones of those, and discuss the social and political themes within. I am your co-host, Mike Booch, a.k.a. the Soy Boy Pseudo-Intellectual, a.k.a. the 20-Minute Expert, uh, um, a.k.a. I don't really what my uh, sexual orientation is. And I'm thrilled to be joined by my lovely co-host, Ty. Hello there. General Kenobi. We are here <laughs> reviewing Pride this uh, this this week. Now, like a Pride of Lions or? Yes, yeah. I want to see if, if Simba's been doing his job. You know, Great. if he does, then he, you know, he gets to have a raise and continue being, uh, you know, leader of the Pride for the for the next year or so. But, uh, you know, we'll see how his productivity Great. has been. I have I have years of Lion uh, facts that I've been saving up for this moment, so I'm very excited. 
I hear that uh, it's actually the female lions uh, who are able to defend by using the claws they have on their feet. Yeah, I've heard that too. So, yeah. Do, where did you hear that from? Uh, a comic book. The Pride of Baghdad. I heard it from Professor Charles Xavier in the movie Logan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he comments on Lauda's, uh, yeah, claws <laughs> coming out of her feet. Uh, but, yeah, so so we're, we're talking pride this week. We're not discussing a, p- a particular show or a particular movie or a particular comic book. We're going we're gonna to kind of be going through, uh, you know, a little bit of everything, talking about our favorite creators, talking about our favorite creations uh, that, that feature uh, individuals across the LGBTQIA plus spectrum. And, uh, you know, just kind of having a casual conversation, if that is okay with all of you. But I was uh, I was learning a little bit about about pride. That's why I am the 20 minute expert, (laughs) Uh, you know, just before this. And, uh, you know, I wanted to go into the history a bit before we get into uh, what pride is today. Uh, I am no historian, but. From 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 what I understand, you know, the you know, the first celebration of pride, as it's commonly told to us, was, quote unquote, a riot. But this isn't really an isolated event. We're not talking about just Stonewall. I mean, you know, Stonewall is the, the famous riot that everybody remembers. But, you know, this had been a long time coming, you know, as many things do in this country. It goes back to the usual police overreach. And, uh, you know, there was a a long history of the, you know, obviously there's a lot of religious oppression, uh, not just in the United States, but all around the world regarding, uh, you know, the LGBTQIA plus community. Uh, But but I'm talking about New York specifically here. I'm talking about just uh, post-prohibition where a lot of bars had to go underground and become speakeasies. A lot of bars actually came overground, if you will, and and opened up as gay bars. Uh, it was kind of difficult to maintain then. There were a lot of laws prohibiting these these places from even existing. Uh, but through the help of the mafia, they were able to you know, the, the gay community was able to and I'm using that kind of as an umbrella term. The gay community was able to. Uh, have have a have a place to 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 socialize and be together, and uh, you know and and feel like they belonged. However, you know a lot of these places, as I said, they were mob run uh, in order to you know prevent prevent uh, prevent police brutality, police sweeps that that continue to come through. You know, but the raids did happen regardless. Right. Uh, you know, but it was kind of the best they had at the time. And, you know, Pride uh, specifically, we're talking about the Stonewall riot happens in 1969 when there is another police raid. There's there's lots of rumors as to as to what happened. It's it's you know, there's, uh, you know, some specifically saying this one person threw the first brick and then some people saying there really weren't bricks thrown at all. And, you know, that's particular person saying I, I didn't throw the first. I didn't get there until 2 a.m. when everything was on fire. You know, were there Molotov cocktails? Were there this? Where they're that, uh, you know, I'm not going to, to to speculate as to any of that. But what I what I will say from my knowledge is that you have a police raid in which they are coming in. Oh, there's also the rumor that that it was over the death of Judy Garland, that that a cis woman dying, uh, you know, uh, you know, made made these this community so upset that that they were ready to fight back. And really, the only rec, uh, rec, record of that is a column that was written. In uh, in a newspaper by a conservative columnist, uh, mocking the the riot. So uh, so please disregard the Judy Garland right. thing. And I, once again, I'll have uh, show notes and sources for you to look at a couple months from now to verify this stuff. 
but, you know, but we have, um, you know, cops who are coming in. They're seeing, quote unquote, men dressed as women. I don't think there was the nuance at the time to acknowledge trans people. Uh, there's been an, an incredible lack of history regarding the LGBTQIA plus community, uh, trans people specifically as well. You know, we're talking like even in Germany when, you know, the Nazis were burning records and burning uh, books, there were whole records of, of people among the spectrum that were just erased. So that's why there are so many wow. people in the mainstream today who believe that, oh, they just came up out of nowhere. No, like <laughs> the people across the spectrum have existed for, you know, for, for as long as humanity has. Uh, but yeah, you know, we had cops who would come in and they would actually take uh, trans women uh, and or cross-dressers as they believed them to be into the bathroom and and verify their gender. They would have them, you know, show their genitals. They would abuse these people. Uh, apparently on the night of Stonewall, there was a lesbian, uh, you know, couple in particular that was being abused. And that's kind of when, the you know, when everyone started really turning against the police. They were kicking people out of the bar, but those people didn't go home. They started gathering around. And yeah, this developed into a riot again against the police. So, the, you know, when we talk pride, we want to talk about resistance uh, to to oppression, resistance to fascism, uh, which is where its roots are. And we don't want to talk about necessarily a company saying we support gay people for this one month. But wait, are you saying that the police were oppressing people? Is that is this what I'm supposed to believe here? What I am telling you is that all cops <laughs> are not just <laughs> bastards now, but historically they, they have, have been <laughs> bastards. Yes, which is why they don't realize they're bastards now, because it's been so normalized. A, yes, that is what I'm telling you. What a you. wild uh, twist. <laughs> what a twist indeed. But uh, do you have any uh, anything to say about about that history, or do we want to move forward into the into our little discussion? No, I think you did a good job, uh, you know, summoning, summing it up with your 20-minute history lesson that you did. For yourself. Thank you very much. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to get into it. Sorry, you just made me miss Yu-Gi-Oh again because I want to summon some stuff right now. I want to <laughs> summon some LGBT LGBTQIA plus characters, Kaiba specifically, because I believe that his obsession with the Pharaoh um, is uh, is is more than just a, a, a professional thing. Yeah, I think I think I think personally, Kaiba is asexual. He does not have. Any uh, any time or need for sex? That is probably true. Actually, yeah, that is that is that is. He's fair. too he's too set on his uh, his mission. Yes, and this also goes back to our Lord of the Rings episode where you know we we talked about the co- the the constant misconstruence of of you know male affection uh, to 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 being homosexual. Right. Uh, right. So me with saying our good, that with our good very, friend Frankie very, there. Yep. Yes, our best fucking friend. <laughs> Poet laureate Frankie Soto, LGBTQIA plus ally, mental health ally, <laughs> hasn't asked me how I've been since I told him I was suicidal. But anyway, we're going to go into it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'll say a lot of tongue in cheek stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I feel personally like um, I don't think we've made it a mystery on the show. We we talk pretty often, I think, not just about issues of, of race and class, but also issues of the of LGBTQ. <clears throat> LGBTQIA plus rights. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so I, I feel like I'm an, al- an ally year round. And uh, right, you know, well, right. I, I do think you know sometimes we don't maybe we don't talk about it enough because I think we're we've been so focused on other civil rights battles right now. You know that have really been uh, 
more in the limelight, let's say, you know, uh, you know, fighting for you Palestinians like and, and yeah. fighting for, for, you know, black lives and things like that. Um, and listen, I'm a, I'm a straight white dude, right? And, I, you know, I will never fully understand the struggle of any of these groups that we're talking about. But uh, I'm trying. And, you know, my I, as I mentioned on the podcast before, my brother and my father are both gay. So, you know, there there is some, you know, personal uh, stakes in it for me, too, for to see to see the rights of, of people in this community, you know, upheld and uh, not to be discriminated against. So I definitely, you know, consider myself an ally and... You know, and I try my best to to be as educated on this on the subject as I can, and I'm always learning. I myself have been a rather shitty person recently, in that kind of like everything I see, you know, I I don't like. I have some icky crit- critique of it, and uh, so when I do talk about like Pride this month, you know, being like, oh, the corporations are taking over, blah blah blah, you know, and that part sucks. Like I also realize that if there's a month where individuals, uh, you know, of this community are being celebrated and they feel proud and and empowered to celebrate that this month with the concerts and the parades and everything, then I think that that's fucking amazing. Right, right. Well, there's nothing wrong with Pride Month. The problem is that these corporations don't really uphold these same beliefs the other 11 months of the year. You know what I mean? Like, like it's great that in June they're like, yeah, Pride, you know, woo. And then the rest of the year they don't give a fuck. That, that's the problem. There's only... <laughs> There's only one corporation I want to see their logo turned rainbow. You want to take a guess? I don't know. Or rather a franchise. I'm not sure if it's incorporated. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I want to see the Chick-fil-A logo turned rainbow. And for those of you out there, grab some grab some spray paint and get to work. All right? Make it a team thing. All right? Make, Fuck it, make it an outing. Fuck Chick-fil-A. Ten ways to Sunday. Uh, which is the day that they're off because they're so fundamentally yeah. religious. That's the, so. that's the only good thing for employees, though. Like, hey, we get Sundays off. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, right. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I also I, I I wanted to talk about some. I think this is going to come up organically in a bit, but I, I also want to talk about some myths regarding uh, just gay representation on screen, uh, regarding education, regard uh, you know in in reference to the LGBTQIA plus community. Uh, you know, one thing I wanted to talk about is how, like, there are, you know, a bunch of parents who, who get all up at arms when there are things like, um, and I'm, I'm not sure if this is specifically included in the community, but I know that, you know, there's a lot of drag queens who are gay. So, um, you know, but like drag, you know, uh, drag queens uh, doing like read-alongs at libraries with kids. Uh, you know, there's people who, you know, we're, we're trying to get, I mean, mainstream sex education across the United States is all fucked anyway. We need to get uh, comprehensive and early intervention uh, sex education. Right. Uh, but also, you know, I'm one of the advocates who believe that that children should be educated about uh, the LGBTQI plus uh, community. They should be educated on what it is to be, you know, what it is to be gay, what it is to be uh, trans even. And, you know, I want to dispel this myth that a lot of, you know, that a lot of people spew that it's sexualizing, you know, that, that, that this is teaching children about sex too early and, you know, maybe it'll change them and, and all that other stuff. And I want to tell you straight up that it, it, it it's false that if you have if you have children in this class who may be trans or may be gay or lesbian or may fall under this umbrella that it would behoove them to know about themselves and that education is nothing to be afraid of information is nothing to be afraid of 
And, you know, when if you want to talk about, you know, promoting sexualization to kids, you know, we could talk about all the hetero indoctrination that's in every movie, cartoon, well, uh, book. That's like, what I was going to say. There's so, there's so much of it. I mean, everything from, you know, the uncle going, you got a little girlfriend yet? You know, or... Uh, <laughs> Or just seeing, you know, uh, couples kissing. Even Disney movies have had numerous romances through throughout history. I mean, I knew Aladdin and Jasmine were in love since I was what fucking four years old, and you know, like that that stuff is always shown to you when it's like you said when it's a hetero relationship and nobody bats an eye. So, you know, why why can't we do it? You know, for for the LGBTQI you know spectrum, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't really make sense. Yeah. And, you know, that does go back to what I believe is, you know, uh, re religious fundamentalism where, you know, it's I think it's just sex in general is is like is just taboo. Yeah. And and, you know, because of that, I think it gets misconstrued with, quote unquote, sexual orientation. I don't even like the term sexual orientation because it implies that your attraction to another individual is all about sex. Right. That, you know, if two men are together, that they're just like jackrabbits hammering away at each other, their entire relationship. And, you know, hetero relationships aren't like that. So there's no reason to assume that any other relationship, you know, is like that. For those of you who have been in long term hetero relationships, <laughs> how often are you having sex with your partner for real? <laughs> like, or, or, you know, however, how often are you bonding with them by watching shows and movies yeah. and stuff and cooking meals together and going out and having experiences like that is that is what relationships are. So I, I personally like to use the term romantic orientation. Um you know, but even then, it's just it's difficult to say like, or maybe it's more appropriate to say like, I'm oriented toward toward you know this sort of person or practice or whatever. Uh, you know, when we start, I don't know, when, when things are limited, it just, it just sucks, you know, <laughs> like, right. it, you know, people don't, don't really know what to consider themselves. The only thing you know is that you're different. And, uh, you know, luckily there has been a lot of progress made in the meantime regarding that. Um, you know, and let me follow that up by saying, you know, cause there are people who like to call them like the alphabet mafia and stuff. Some people embrace it, you know, as a tongue in cheek thing. You know, there are others who say they're the alphabet mafia. If you don't get their, their, their letter right, then they'll, they'll, they'll get mad at you and all this other stuff. And I can tell you firsthand, uh, you know, having, having known trans and non-binary individuals that, uh, that's not the case that if they know that you are well-intentioned, it's just a matter of them correcting you and you going, oh, sorry, I'm still learning. And then respecting them later on with their pronouns. That's really all it is. And yeah. that, you know, you may be intimidated by this, people, but all you have to do is learn. And as long as you show that you're putting an effort, that's really all that matters. If, you know, if, if someone is named, uh, you know, McGuire for some reason, and they just want to be known as Mac or something like, you know, you can change your friend's nickname. You can call your car a she, you can gender my hair by calling it a man bun. You can, you know, like right. you gender everything, but when people want to choose their own genders, you get so fucking bent out of shape. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Cis hetero people are not okay. <laughs> just, <laughs> just in case we were wondering, let me just follow that up. It's about to get pretty personal folks. But what am I, if not personal with the Politipop podcast? That's right. My alliterations. Um, Me and all six listeners have really gotten to know you better than ever. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed you have. Uh, so in my line of work, I don't want to really give too many details. I, uh, I work with a, you know, a bit of an older individual uh, who, who makes interesting comments like um, 
referring to a satchel that a gentleman would wear, kind of like a messenger bag, but a little more close. Mm. Very European, if I might say so myself, you know, as a man bag. Or referring to my hair, which is really just kind of a shitty little ponytail puff, uh, as, a, as a man bun. And, uh, you know, when, when she saw me eating lunch the other day, uh, I was eating out of my wife's lunchbox. Sounded dirtier than I meant it. Um, <laughs> but heroes do do that, folks. Uh, I was... <laughs> Uh, basically my wife is the only one who has lunch boxes. So whichever one she's not using, I just use the other one. It has flowers all over. I, 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 whatever flowers are pretty, but I couldn't give two fucks what my food is kept cool inside of <laughs> like, uh, you know, but, but this woman saw this and she said like, Oh, you know, that's, uh, you must be really secure to, you know, to, to have your lunch in a, in a f- flowered lunchbox. And like, I just, I've done Zumba, uh, one in a class full of women, uh, and also wearing um, wearing uh, like like uh, belly dancing skirts that they gave me because I like to move my hips and it really works my core out. Like I've worn, you know, and these are jingly belly dancing skirts. Tie uh, appropriation aside, um, you know, I, um, ladies and gentlemen, I've done things with men uh, that, um, well, not terrible experiences. You know, I've 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 had them and they were solid. I can see why certain acts are referred to as a job for sure. Um, but also <laughs> I've come out of that and been like, eh, okay, not necessarily my thing. Because guess what, folks? Putting peanuts in your mouth doesn't turn you. It doesn't change you really in, in any particular way. What I'm trying to say, folks, is that there's stuff here called nuance. And that once you've experienced that nuance, you really have no questions about, you know, or I in particular have, have no questions about my quote unquote masculinity. You know, my masculinity is my own brand of it. You've seen me wear skirts. You've seen me dress in drag. You've seen me fucking weightlifting and doing martial arts. Like, whatever, folks, you know, y'all, <laughs> y'all can do whatever you want. And once again, nothing has to be gendered or it doesn't have to affect your quote-unquote masculinity or femininity or, or anything like that it's i don't know folks are folks are weird uh but for sure but with that uh i want to open this discussion up to to talking about you know when we talk about pop culture talking about our favorite characters that are featured or who are featured uh within this pop culture and uh and and a bit of the nuance they might have regarding their quote-unquote orientations uh, or their role in the in the alphabet mafia, as I said before, is a terrible term to use. Ty, I want you to start this bad boy off. Uh, sure. So I'll start with David from Schitt's Creek. Um, I know you haven't personally seen the show, right? Or I actually have. I watched okay. uh, the first... Yeah, I watched the first few episodes, and, um, you know, regardless of... Not seeing much of it. I have seen a lot of. Oh, uh, hold on, Dan, Dan Levy. Yes, Dan Levy. Dan Levy. Yes, I was like Eugene Levy's son. I have, <laughs> you know, I have seen a lot of uh, Dan Levy. You know, I've seen him on SNL. I've seen him all over the place. And uh, you know, I, I'm not trying to say he's not a good actor. I'm not trying to say he doesn't have range. But uh, you know, or maybe he brings a lot of himself to that role in Shit's Creek. Uh, but he does seem to, you know, kind of exude a similar personality in all of in all of his roles. Like he is very much him you know himself well i have never seen him in anything else but this the show and uh he acts pretty much the same (laughs) he did he did co-write it he co-created it with his father eugene levy uh they play father and son in this show too um and and david david rose his character is pansexual and throughout the show david has a girlfriend he's got a boyfriend and what i love about it is nobody ever questions it right they're supposed to be like in this like kind of like backwards town and yet, nobody ever harasses him. It's never like 
an issue, everyone just accepts him. And I think it's a really good representation of a world where that kind of anger and hate doesn't exist anymore. And he's also very funny, very sarcastic. He's definitely my favorite character in the show. Uh, and he's just a great character, right? The only time they ever really bring up an issue with it is when one of his uh, partners, his boyfriend, comes out for the first time to his parents. And they actually accept him without any issue. So there's never like any kind of hatred or, or, or you know, uh, a- anybody speaking, you know, hate speech to, to his character or, or any of these characters. And I think they did that on purpose, right? Because a lot of times you always see it as, as, this, uh, as this controversy. But why should it be a controversy just to be who you are? And the show does a really good job, I think, executing that. And, and making anybody feel, you know, like they can be comfortable as who they are. And again, you know, Dan Levy also co-wrote this and created it. So, you know, this was very intentional for his character. And I have never met anyone who's watched a show that didn't love David Rose. He's just, he's a, he's a great character. Uh, his, his character development is fantastic from start to finish. Um, and again, he's funny and sarcastic and he's provided a lot of great gifts for uh for people to use for for years to come i have used them despite yeah. never actually watch well, you know i've only seen a couple episodes of the show but th- you're actually hyping me up i really want to watch more of it now and uh i also want to hold myself accountable because like i totally thought he was gay just based on his mannerisms alone right because you, right. you know like i said i wasn't recognizing the nuance i just mentioned before <laughs> no i mean he he has a girlfriend first in the show you know and uh they make it I think the whole family, like everyone in his family already knows that he, he's pansexual. Nobody, it's not like a surprise. Nobody questions it. And it's fine, you know. And he comes from a very rich uh, background. I believe he lived in New York City and California yeah, the for a time. show has a lot to and, say about class. That's yeah. like kind of the, you know, the whole, I don't know if it's the entire show, but that's the catalyst for really what starts the whole series is a, is a narr- narrative on class. Right. And I think a lot of it's them coming to terms with their so-called friends and the social elites don't stand by them when they lose their money. And yet all of these people in this kind of poor town of Shit's Creek, right, uh, are accepting and welcoming and, uh, you know, really love having them there. Um, and, you know, we get a number of, of, of characters that, that are gay or, you know, throughout the show, and it's it's great. It's great. And, again, it's never an issue of conflict. And I think that's that's so awesome. It's so awesome that they didn't have to go that route. They could just make them be who they were, and society just accepts everybody. And you know that's I think kind of the hope that everyone has for the world one day. And Shit's Creek kind of represents that world in a really good manner. I want to follow that up with uh, the big guns. I was kind of going to save this for for toward you know toward later in the episode, but uh, I w- I'm going to drop this out right here because you know just the way you describe Shit's Creek, uh, you know, it speaks one word to me: normalization. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that it's important to have that normalization, not because like there's a nar- there's like an agenda to be pushed. It's just because literally it's normal. Like these people didn't pop up because the movies and shows featuring them did. They've already been here. Yeah. And it's like I said, like, you know, representation and normalization. That's all it is. If you want your if you want your work a to be, you know, somewhat grounded and realistic, then you have to have diversity. I mean, depending on where it's set. Uh, but also. If you want your shit to sell, you got to have diversity. There's right. a reason Fast and the Furious is such a famous fucking franchise all around <laughs> the world, and it's because they got everybody in that cast from all around. Listen, I don't want forced diversity in my comics, all right? That's, that's the argument <laughs> yes, we hear all the time. Exactly. 
Uh, in hindsight, I'm super uh, glad that Gal Gadot's character died. Uh, but I want to <laughs> I want to talk about The Walking Dead because if yes. we're talking about pieces that normalize. Um, individuals who have formerly been othered, I think The Walking Dead does it pretty well. I'm talking about the comic book specifically at how, you know, it's featured, uh, you know, gay and lesbian characters and did not make it the main part of their identity. And right. I think that that is, is, is awesome. <laughs> I think that Kirkman for an individual who came from, you know, you know, we've talked about his his growth, you know, from starting comic books in his early 20s as, you know, as some kid in Georgia living in a relatively small world, you know, to to really learning about about the the world at large and reflecting that in his work as, uh, you know, as he grew as a writer and yeah. as his works grew with him. And I think that's what I respect about him, that he's been very open about, hey, when I first started this, you know, all I knew was. Like a lot of straight white people. So that was how I started my cast. But as he started to learn more and evolve and, and, and you know, uh, figure these things out, he started adding more and more diversity to, to his work. And I think it, it's better for it, right? And, you know, he's been very honest about that. Um, and, and he did that with The Walking Dead. He did it with Invincible. He, you know, he, he continuously does it with all of his modern works. You know, he's, he's done a very good job of, of making sure to represent uh, everybody instead of just, you know, the, the straight white guy. Uh, and in The Walking Dead, you know, specifically a character that really stands out to me is Jesus, right? He goes by Jesus. I believe his real name is Paul Monroe. And uh, he... He shows up with, you know, long hair and a beard, and he's this almost, like, superhuman character at first. You know, he's a martial artist. He can escape. Uh, he's almost like a magician, right? He can escape being tied up. and He, he is my character. Oh, he's totally he the is... character you would create. <laughs> he's totally the character I would create because he would go through the zombie landscape uh, using only martial arts and his wits. And like once in a while, using a gun when he really has to. Right. Like, I mean, he's a sword yeah, he's at one awesome. point. Like he's just he's just awesome, and he's actually like a really nice guy. And his goal is to find other communities of survivors and bring them to meet his community. And there's no nefarious goal there. He's actually trying to connect them. Right. Um, you know, eventually we learn that he's kind of helping start a rebellion, right, against uh, Negan and his people. But you know, he is he is a good person, and he's totally badass like one of the most badass characters in the story um definitely uh i i think we all kind of fell in love with his character pretty quickly and then eventually it's revealed that he's gay right it, you know he happens to uh to be gay and has a boyfriend back home and again it's not the point of focus for his character it doesn't define him that he's gay it's just you know another aspect of who he is yeah i really love the way that they introduced that like he was just you know, hanging out with his boyfriend one day. And uh, and then he was like, all right, cool. I got to go do like zombie killing shit. <laughs> and, and like that was it. And, uh, you know, Kirkman's really, really good with that. I think uh, Magna was another character who came in later on in the series who right. you know, was a lesbian character. Uh, yep. uh, Aaron's another character that they introduce, you know, as well. That's gay. And again, I if, if I'm re remembering correctly, there's really no I think they kind of normalize it. Right. There's no. There's no, like, anybody's like, oh, like, these, you know, uh, hatred speech or anything like that. I mean, it's the apocalypse. None of the characters and... in the series bad an eye. <laughs> no, it's just like, all right, well, we're the fucking last remnants of humanity. So, you know, we're going to form our groups and, uh, you know, whatever whatever you do, you do. But, like, you know, we got we got other things to worry about. And I think that, that speaks to a lot. You know, Rick Grimes, 
uh, being a former police officer, unfortunately, shows all the uh, <laughs> the shows the opposite of what we would expect from a police officer, right? He actually embodies what we are taught police officers do, and he he welcomes everyone into his community and forms some really close yeah. relationships with these characters, you know. And it doesn't matter if they're black or Latino or gay or trans. Like he doesn't care about that, right? And as the reader, you shouldn't care either because. You know, you, you should care about the story and the, the quality of these characters. And I think The Walking Dead does a really good job writing characters. If there's any strength that Robert Kirkman has, it's writing people. And writing at people, too. Because yeah. in the back of his books, he always has something, or I know at least he did with Invincible and uh, Walking Dead. Um, I want to call them letter hacks. What were they? What yeah. were they called? Yeah. Well, he has a different name for each one. You and know? and Invincipals was the Invincible one, right? Yeah, for his newest comic, uh, <laughs> he calls it Philly Cheese Break because it takes place in Philadelphia. That's his oh, that's uh, awesome. hacks name. And it was actually picked by a uh, reader and did a contest, which was kind of cool. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, he's, despite being made fun of by Kevin Smith week after week that he appears on the podcast, um, like Kevin Smith always talks about how Kirkman's fucking loaded. He's like, oh, we got that Kirkman money coming in. He's like, Kirkman's <laughs> a fucking billionaire. Like all he does is make fun of Kirkman for how much fucking money he has. Based off of a few ideas he had when he was riddled with credit card debt in a fucking shack working nights. Right. Um, and, you know, scribbling away making comic books. Uh, but anyway, regardless of that, Kirkman does seem to be a man of the people. And there have been multiple times where I've seen like people talk shit about his writing and be like, oh, why are you forcing the gay thing, putting all these characters in there, blah, blah, blah. And he's fucking fought back at them. And- oh, yeah. he's He will tell you straight up that you're <laughs> fucking wrong. And that, you know, like... Yeah, he doesn't care so good. that you're offended by that, you know? He's he's great like that. Like you said, he will he will go right back at you and explain why it's okay. And I think that's great. He's not afraid to to uh, be an ally, right? An open ally. You know, I think a lot of people would be afraid to do that and just be like, oh, I'm sorry if it upset you. You know, it's like, why? Why should you be sorry to upset them? Like, what's it, what, what is it doing to bother, you know, to actually bother you? Because you're straight that you can't handle seeing characters that aren't? I mean... It's, you know, they want to call us snowflakes, but I mean, let's be honest here. <laughs> you know, and, I, and I'm not sure if there's a correlation. I mean, you know, but you know how it's like being a vegan and they're like, oh, the vegans are so preachy. The vegans mm-hmm. are pushing everything, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, we talked about this in the Okja episode. Like, the, you, if you opened your eyes and just saw how much indoctrination there is regarding, you know, carnism and, you know, mm-hmm. Arby's, we have the meats and like, you know, it's all uh, fucking Buffalo Wild Wings. The wings are hitting each other across the screen. And, you know, there's a fucking, you know, the the chicken sandwich commercial where you want to fuck the chicken. Um, <laughs> the, it's it's on the sandwich. You don't want to fuck the live chicken. Um, oh but like, God. you know, all that stuff is there. And also open up your eyes and just see how many underwear models are there. That's like, you know, just men, just, you know, a cis man and a cis woman just all over the place their underwear like all over Times yeah. Square and stuff you know but then like you know you may have you know let's say a, a, a trans model up there and people are like what the fuck is this like what are you, I, what are you I, teaching I, our children yeah what, what, yeah. what, what is the difference here <laughs> it's literally there's just teaching your children that people exist that's all it is that's that's all it is you know I was um I was I was taught from a young age to not like gay people and when when confronted with why there wasn't a reason, I just knew that my father didn't like them. Right. And, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if I've said this on the podcast before, but like, you know, when he you know, when 
when he confronted me, I was seven years old. I was in summer school. Uh, a young boy and I, uh, you know, we were both the same age uh, at the time had, you know, just, I guess, kind of been exploring each other. You know, uh, the teacher should have been watching better, I assume, you know, but kids, kids are kids. And, you know, it, it became this big thing. And my father was like, are you gay? And I'm oh. like, I'm seven. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, what is gay? You're like, I don't even like, know what that means. I had no fucking idea. And he's like, it's it's when a man thinks he's a woman and then he gets AIDS and dies. Wow. And he, Yeah. And like, uh, it was something like that. And then he had me tell him at seven years old what my favorite thing about being a man was. Oh, uh, he wouldn't let me have long hair, uh, right. which maybe that's why I'm growing it out so long now. But like, I used to be one of those kids who had a rat tail. I came from upstate. You know, the further upstate you go in New York, the, <laughs> the more uh, Southern you get. I had like this little rat tail, you know, coming out the back of my head and he, he, you know, made me cut it off. Like he was like, oh, you know, all the bad guys uh, have ponytails in the movies. You want to be a bad guy? You know, like women are supposed to have long hair. Are you a woman? Stuff like that. Equating villains with women all the wow. time. And uh, we didn't have any scissors. So like he, he, you know, when I finally agreed to, he took uh, what I think was actually a bread knife, not even a kitchen knife, uh, a bread knife and cut it off. And um, yikes. Yeah. You know, I, uh, he also worked with, um, what I believe now is a trans woman, but at the time it seemed just like a crossdresser named Bob, uh, which you don't go to work doing that unless you are <laughs> like, right, like, I'm pretty right. sure she was a trans woman in hindsight, you know, but, uh, you know, they were all cab drivers and I remember, you know, she had given us a couple rides here and there and my mom's boyfriend, you know, I, I said, I would say like, oh, why is that man dressed that way? With no judgment. That was the wild part. Yeah, you just wanted to know, right? You're curious. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, why is that man dressed that way? You know, and it, it, would t- it takes nothing to be like, oh, well, that's actually not a, you know, not a man. That's that's a woman. And no, you know, uh, she doesn't look the way you, you think she looks. She's a woman. You know, like there, there's ways to go about this. And right. I think we're just afraid, you know, of trying to explain it and doing the wrong thing. So we're just, you know, we, we shy away from it. We don't talk about it. But just all you have to do is learn. It's, well, when you're, you know, when you're okay. a kid, you don't judge. I mean, like, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, you really don't. There's literally pictures of me doing this. I would wear my mom's high heels around the house. Cause I thought it was funny. I just, I, I thought it was fun. I liked doing it. So like I would walk around in her high heels, you know, and I, from what I remember, my dad was not, which a fan is very of it. difficult to do. By it the is way. very difficult. To I'm do. not sure if you tried it. <laughs> it was, it was tough, but, uh, you know, my dad who is now openly gay at the time was very homophobic and he would drop slurs and stuff. And he didn't like me doing that. And, you know, like it, it, it just shows the, I guess, you know, society has just made things so difficult when it really doesn't need to be, you know, uh, it's innocent things and it, it could be just honest conversations that could easily, you know, fix these, these hate filled, uh, you know, feelings and thoughts. And again, as a kid, you, you don't really, you don't, since you don't know these things, right. You don't, you don't understand it. You don't judge it the same way. And it's, it's a very different process. Yeah. Uh, oh, also about, um, who I only knew her as, uh, as Bob at the time. Uh, I remember my mom's boyfriend, uh, you know, when, oh, so when I asked, he he said, oh, he said, that son is what you call a flaming F word. Yeah. And yeah, even my go. mom, who has said some pretty homophobic stuff to me since then, even she was like, like, Pete, you can't say that. Like, yeah. Yep. And um, and I think one of her brothers was gay. Uh, <laughs> there was uh, one time I'm not slandering my dead mom, folks. I'm just saying, like, it's a generational thing. <laughs> when right. I got my first car, it was a red car. And she said uh, red cars are for fairies. Which shows once again how old school of she was that that was the term she used. Um, I did, I you know, uh, she questioned about like why I hung out with guys so much, which 
I don't know. Like, I, I just have friends. Um, <laughs> but she was like, uh, you know, she was like, yeah, I, you know, she was like, are you gay? And I was like, no, but what if I was? And she was like, well, we'd love you, but you wouldn't get any money from us. <laughs> <I'm> like, what? <laughs> you know, to, to, I guess, help with my gay activities, you know, my gay agenda to take over the world or whatever. Uh, she thought she was funding. But um, it's a taut thing. And it's just because people are afraid. I also want to I know we were talking about creators, but I want to bring up the other myth. And this is a myth that has been uh, you know, thrown at me by my father. He said, you know, a lot of those gay people, you know, they molest kids. Yeah, that's a, that's a myth that you always hear, right? Yeah, and I'm going to say that's definitely a myth because just because an individual chooses someone of the same sex to victimize and abuse, that doesn't mean their sexual orientation is, is a certain way. It means that they are a deeply disturbed individual and that they are an abuser right. and a victimizer. And, you know, we, you know, it's no mystery that the Catholic Church has, has, you know, has been the epicenter of a lot of scandal uh, with plenty of... Uh, you know, hetero and homo, uh, you know, I don't even want to use those labels, you know, uh, you know, but they have abused um, individuals of all genders and all ages as well. So, you know, people all over can be abusers and it's not their, you know, not their sexuality that that determines whether or not they will be an abuser. And we're not talking about this specifically, but um, oh, I, I mentioned in the previous episode, like, you know, there's also the myth that individuals who have been abused, uh end up becoming abusers and while some of them are it, it doesn't make up the majority so so right. just keep that in mind every everybody but uh but yeah so so i you had i want to also bring up bobby drake Iceman from from the x-men he has that's a controversial run it's run. a very controversial one yeah because it was later on that he apparently uh well, yeah it was, was only out. uh i want to say the 2010s when he was outed and he was actually outed by gene gray reading his thoughts uh, so it was, you know, I'm glad she fucking got phoenixed out of existence. <laughs> well, she's back now. I said it. God, that's damn. how she did it. She's <laughs> back now. So, um, and you know, it, it was very controversial. I think a lot of was she comic- on her deathbed and she's like, I got some shit about Bobby Drake. You're not going to believe <laughs> you want to keep me alive. <laughs> comic fans were very upset. You know, why, why is it all of a sudden you're making him gay? And you know, if you want to look at it from the point of view of someone being outed by someone else is really fucked up. Uh, that's, you know, that person's choice to, to come out when they're ready. Um, but you know, as of right now, you know, Iceman is considered canon. He is gay and he is actually one of the Omega level mutants in the Marvel universe. He's one of the most powerful mutants in existence. So, um, pretty bold move. And, uh, you know, I thought it was worth mentioning. call him any slurs because, (laughs) yeah, because you're going to get frozen. Um, yeah, I, actually, I want to follow that up with. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to say he's one of my favorite characters, but I know he exists. Uh, I just remembered now that I did an entire presentation on uh, uh, LGBTQIA plus representation in uh, in comic books. I did it in college, and oh, yeah. you just completely reignited that because that was the time that Iceman was outed, pretty much around right, that time. Right. And um, so, yeah, I actually did an entire uh, PowerPoint presentation. If I could find, uh, if I could find the link, I'll put in the show notes and sources. It is a little cringy. Oh yeah, you sent uh, it just, to me. Oh no, no, that was just that was a representation of trans women. Oh, in media, okay, okay. Which is also uh, a little cringy, but you could tell it's just a fucking woke bro trying to do his best. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like he's got the right spirit, but he, like, bro, you know, he's just, just a little accept everybody, bro. Yeah, I wasn't the twenty. Uh, I wasn't the twenty-minute expert then that I <laughs> that I am now. Um, 
But yeah, uh, Alan Scott uh, from the New 52, the original Green Lantern, he also uh, ended up being rewritten as gay. And a lot of people were pissed about it. And uh, I just want to reiterate what I saw a stand-up comedian I I was in touch with then. Uh, I think he said it on Facebook. He said... He said something like, fuck you all. I hope they make them all gay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's perfect, honestly. Like, Wait, let's I, just, let, fuck it. Let's make every superhero gay. Like, I, I you know, if, if, it, if it contributes to representation and I, you know, for, for those who are, like, I personally couldn't care less. I just want to read a good story. I, I want to read I a good think, story. I think, you know, people are like, well, why can't they just create a new character that's gay? But to get a new character in comic books to actually be popular and take off can be really difficult, right? They've... They try all the yes, time. Yes, it can be. And a lot of those characters just don't just don't get picked up. And, you know, when you have all these years of history behind characters like Green Lantern or Spider-Man or whoever it might be or in the comic books, it's a lot easier to uh, to keep a fan base and keep that character popular. So I think that's probably the reason why they do it. And listen, if that's how we have to get representation in, in the comic book world, then, then fine. Do it. You know what I mean? Like, if that's what works, then that's what works. And I think... You know why not? And there's you know L- L- Batwoman, right? Kate Kane, she's she's gay, and she's a very strong character. Her uh, New Fifty Two comic book was was one of the best that came out of that that time. Um, she had some really. I strong enjoyed what lines. I read. Yeah, me too. And you know she even has her own TV show now in the CW. Though I will be honest, I haven't watched it. I really want to because I think they're also including. Oh no, <laughs> I'm gonna keep this in. This is super misogynist. <laughs> oh boy. I really want to because they're including Batwing in it, and I want to see how they do him. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I heard that. I heard that. I, I wanted to watch it beforehand, uh, but you know, it, it's, I, I I never got around to it. The CW universe, while expansive, is also intimidating. So it's it's you know, really I, hit or miss. Yeah, and, and there's also yeah. a lot of controversy with the Batwoman show because Ruby Rose left it and they replaced her, and you know, and you had Ruby Rose who uh, is Ruby Rose non-binary. I believe so. I should know this. I believe Ruby Rose is non-binary. So that, you know, there was controversy there, but also like, you know, it, it's tough to, to see which camp you fall into, right? Because it's right. the camp of, wow, they have a non-binary person representing, you know, uh, a lesbian character. And then it's also, well, why not have a lesbian actor play the lesbian character? Right, you know, right. like it's 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 difficult to do it justice. But Ruby left and now there's a black woman as Batwoman. So fuck it. Let's go. Yeah, right. Like, let's do- <laughs> Representation nation. I'm for yeah. it. Like, <laughs> yep, Batwoman. Uh, <laughs> I'll watch a show full of black superheroes there That's you go about. Okay. Um, however i will say black lightning was a little too real for me so i i have to be emotionally ready for that uh, but yeah that means it's good watch it, is, it. it, is, it is. Uh, uh, and black lightning also has a uh, representation of uh, of lesbian characters i believe one of his daughters is oh awesome yeah, yeah it's on and my list once again, I super normalized she just happens to have a girlfriend and it's part of her character yeah the cw verse is a little rough for me after arrow ended i kind of distanced myself from it so <laughs> to be honest, but uh, maybe I'll, I'll return for some of these. Um, and I, last co- comic book character that I wanted to talk about was uh, Harley Quinn, most well known for being with the Joker. But uh, in more recent years, they've decided to finally call out how toxic that relationship was. And Harley has was it? Br- I never noticed. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, a little bit. Huh. Some might say interesting. Uh, so like Harley has you know how it is. <laughs> has really branched out on her own and become sort of an antihero even. Um, in the most recent Batman run, she's been an ally of Batman. You know, we talked about her in uh, Curse of the White Knight, uh, and one of her more popular and I think positive relationships she's had lately is with Poison Ivy, actually. Right, and they've really um, gone through this in the Harley Quinn TV show as well. 
Uh, and I think, you know, Harley Quinn's become a much more likable and uh, real person um, in, in later years as she's kind of gone over her traumas of being with the Joker and tried to be true to who she really is and explore a more healthy relationship with people like Poison Ivy. And, you know, I'm going to call out that N-word again, folks. Nuance. Nuance, there nuance, you nuance. You know, because uh, that show, by the way, you came around on it, right? You came yeah. around on Harley Yeah, Quinn. I mean, I, I think I just, like, it was very jarring for me to see, like, like fuck this and shit, you know, like this, like the cursing. And, Weirdly and, uh, enough, that was a bit much for me, too. <laughs> yeah, like, right off the bat, like, for these comic book characters, just because I'm not used to it. You know, it's not what you typically see, so I think it took me a little while to get into it, but... After a few episodes, I thought it started laughing more. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, and by season two, I was all in, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. And uh, pun intended, the way that her relationship with Ivy organically blooms, uh, you know, throughout the series is awesome, too. Like, they don't just start off together. There's a lot they have to right. go through. There's a lot they discover. And, you know, while they are in relationship with each other, you know, you know, I think I'm not sure exactly what Harley Quinn uh, considers herself. You know, is, you know, is she also pan? Is she bi? Right. Is, um, you know, like, you know, that's that's also another thing, too. Like, I, I was thinking about it recently and anyone who who is by uh, feel free to email us the you know email us and let us know and anyone who has any comments about this episode feel free to email us i'll mention it toward the end of the episode uh but uh you know i was thinking just about the term bisexual because for that term to exist doesn't that mean that you only have to have two genders to right. choose from well my understanding and is that by you know people are bisexual like men or women and they have cis men a, or cis women a preference towards much. one or pansexual it doesn't matter they don't look at it like that they just are attracted to you and and whatever you are you are because it it just doesn't actually matter to them that's how it's been explained to me and thank you for thank you for mentioning that like because um because for me like i'm i'm attracted to feminine qualities in people if that makes sense so like i'm not really focused on your genitals i couldn't uh, care less, you know, I'm more, fo- I, I just like, you know, I find, uh, the person and once again, more, more, and I actually, that's probably pro- problematic to say feminine qualities. I think that's very problematic to say, uh, I don't have a, a better word for it, uh, right now, but I should, I could say traditionally, not toxic masculinity. Main- <laughs> yes. Uh, traditionally mainstream, traditionally mainstreamed, uh, you know, feminine qualities is, is, is what I'm referring to. Um, you know, but like with that being said, I'm like, I'm like, does that make me bi? Does that make me pan? Uh, you know, right, you know right. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily know, uh, where I fall, but you know, but thank you. Um, thanks for explaining that. But, uh, but yeah, Harley Quinn, uh, the thing that I really love about it too, is like that, that, like that's a big arc, but also it, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with, uh, spoilers in five, four, three, two, one. Her fucking taking over Apocalypse in place of Darkseid right, right. or whatever, or or becoming Darkseid's minion, I think, to take over Earth or something. Like, you know, she reaches all of this success, and yeah, her relationship with Ivy is a part of it, but it's not the crux of it. It's not the epicenter, and you know, I think that's important because all of our stories are that way, right? Yeah. We all have lives, we all have dreams, we have jobs, we have hobbies, and yes, we have relationships that are a part of that. But yeah. that doesn't mean that that's all we we are. We're not defined know? by who we're in a relationship with, right? I mean, I would, yeah. Unless I guess you're married to the president, then unfortunately you are. <laughs> yes, that is uh, that is that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> um, and did you know that James Tinian the Fourth, the current writer of Batman, a longtime collaborator of Scott Snyder, is actually bisexual? Uh, he came out 
the last few years um, and, and said that, you know, he was bisexual and that it was very, very rewarding to be able to talk about that freely. And I believe he even wrote some Constantine comics where he made Constantine bisexual. So uh, Constantine of Hellblazer fame. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. He, I'm really loving his Batman run. I, I've really enjoyed his work. His, some of his indie stuff is great. Something's Killing the Children. Uh, I think he's really talented. And, you know, I know we wanted to mention some creators too. So I thought I'd, I'd throw his name out there a little bit. Thank you very much for that. Uh, I I'm gonna see your James Tinian the fourth. It might be James Tyne. I've heard. I don't James know. I, I've heard. Really I've heard both, up. and I I prefer Tinian uh, personally. Uh, but um, I want to I want to see that. I want to raise you the Wachowskis. There you um, go. There you go. Formerly known as the Wachowski brothers, the yeah. you know uh, the, the ones who ruined the, the Matrix. Matrix. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> best known for the Matrix franchise, but in my opinion, it's all about Jupiter ascending. JK, I started the movie, wasn't high enough to finish that shit. But uh, but anyway, they have actually both transitioned, and I believe, I know them as the Wachowskis. Uh, I, I believe they might be the Wachowski sisters. Uh, but but yeah, yeah um, I really loved their work, Sense8. For those of you who have not watched Sense8 yet, it is on Netflix. Remember, folks, we hate 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 capitalism tune into netflix uh, <laughs> to see sense for 13.99 a month you can enjoy a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly they have a christmas special this podcast has been brought to you by netflix number one in streaming um no but the uh but but yeah so sense8 is awesome because uh, for those of you who don't know sense8 is a fucking like sci-fi action thriller drama it, it's it's great uh, it involves eight individuals all around the world, all with different sexual orientations, gender identities, races, uh, religious beliefs, uh, who are part of a cluster, uh, which is a telepathic uh, race of, of people. And they can not only be in each other's minds, but they can see what the other people see. They can experience what the other people experience, and they can access those people's memories and skills. So right. all of a sudden, a bus driver uh, in... Um, uh, this is really this is also really problematic because I want to say in Africa, which is true, but it's more it's, it's a specific country on the continent. Uh, but uh, but this bus driver uh, who's who's you know get, uh, getting attacked by a gang can now access the martial arts expertise of an individual in in Korea who's a bare knuckle brawler. Uh, she by the way, it's a bare knuckle brawler and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's really, it's really great. Uh, but Nomi, who is a trans character in the, in the show, she is, she's a trans woman who is actually played by a trans woman. And I believe the, <laughs> another thing they share, uh, between the actor and the character is that they both, uh, didn't really know how to drive. They weren't taught how to drive. <laughs> that's a, that's an important part of the show too. Oh. Uh, and she is in a, is in a relationship with uh with a woman there's an individual i believe his name is miguel and he is like mexico's biggest action star i you know he's probably antonio uh, banderas uh, adjacent and uh and he's like he's hot he has all the women uh pining after him and he's like every man wants to be him and he's the epitome of masculinity and he's also gay um which doesn't not make him the epitome of masculinity right. still, uh, you know. But but yeah, he's also gay. There's this awesome scene in the series where they, I think it's the first season where they they're all like, <laughs> it's it's I, I'm laughing during it because it's kind of funny too. Like they're all having this orgy together, but it's a mental orgy. Like they're having sex in different areas of the world, and all of a sudden, like one like one of the dudes, he's a Chicago cop 
who uh, saved a gang member who was shot, and his uh, family hates him for it, by the way. Uh, he's a Chicago cop. He's like in the gym bench pressing, and all of a sudden, this dude is kissing him on the forehead, and he's like, what the fuck? And like, they're all in the middle of this orgy at the same time. So for those of you who have not seen Sensate, I cannot uh, stress it enough. I, I, I love that show. I, I think it's and, worth uh, no- noting that it didn't get finished, though, right? It did get canceled. So if, you, if you're big on closure, you're probably not going to get that. They did have a Christmas special, though. Okay, that's cool. Back in, baby. <laughs> they did have a Christmas special. But yeah, um, so for those, like Ty said, if you, if you want closure, uh, but for those of you who are all about uh, blue balling, edging, and, uh, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> appreciating the journey, that's, uh, that's, that's the one to watch. I, um, I cried a lot watching, watching that show. And fun fact, I also haven't finished it. So, <laughs> um, and, uh, but yeah, um, so I want to throw out Sense8. Uh, for some reason, oh, you know what? <laughs> Just because you were talk, we were talking about the Marvel stuff before too. Uh, I want to talk about America Chavez. Uh, I hope that she gets her gets her due as a lot more Marvel stuff is coming to live action. Yeah, uh, I believe her her creator um, uh, said some really problematic shit though. Like America uh, Chavez is, you know, she's she's a character who is a, a Latina woman. I believe she also is under the, uh, you know, the LGBTQIA plus umbrella. Uh, but her creator who also is mentioned some shit about trans women having male privilege. And I just want to say, if we're talking about myths, that's also a myth. And right. you have to understand that within the community, just as within any community, we talked about colorism in the black community. Uh, you know, that there's also, um, there's also a lot of discrimination within the, uh, within this umbrella. And, um, you know, a lot of it is you may have cis individuals, uh, you know, talking shit about trans individuals. Right, I would like right. to say that I, I know I've been told stories uh, by by trans people who have said that, you know, the biggest disadvantage from being a man uh, or sorry, from presenting as a man and then transitioning into being a woman is that you go into very unsafe situations because you don't know how unsafe they are. Yeah. Formally, you have you have only known safety, quote unquote, as a man in society. So that's not necessarily a privilege. It can also be a disadvantage because, you know, the, the trans women and trans women of color specifically are among the the highest uh this is terrible to say, but it's tr- you know, um I have to say it, uh you know, are among the 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 highest um you know, demographic, when we talk about uh, sec- being sexually assaulted, when yeah. we talk about being murdered, uh, you know, and abused and, and victimized, uh, you know, the police did it at Stonewall and they still do it today, right? Yep. Uh, so, you know, just break, please break that narrative if that's what's in your head, uh, you know, or in somebody else's head that, oh, well, uh, you know, the, the, you know, A, these people are going to be the abusers and A, these people have certain types of privileges. Like, no. They are more likely to be victims of right. abuse. Yeah, so it's definitely a narrative that uh, a lot of people don't don't talk about, but it's true, right? It's true that they they are more likely to be the victims. And so, if you hear otherwise, please don't be afraid to correct people and, and tell them what's what's what. Um, tell them what's what. Uh, you were mentioning Marvel. I did. I did want to say one thing that would be kind of cool is uh, in the MCU we were introduced to Wanda's children, right, and WandaVision, and uh, Wiccan. One of her children is actually gay, and he's married Little to Little Billy Hulk. Maximoff, right? Yeah, so uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to bring him back, but if they do, uh, we might get some some mainstream uh, representation there. Yeah, Wicked and Hulkling were actually a couple of the examples I used in that presentation. Yeah, I mentioned. there you go. There you go. I also want to quote my father when I told him about this presentation because he said specifically to me, he pleaded with me at the time. He said, "Please don't make Batman gay." 
As if I have the responsibility of making Batman gay. Listen, you can't make him gay, all right? Come on. <laughs> but I would actually like to pull up a Grant Morrison quote. Um, Ooh, Grant Morrison. I want to bring it up because I think it sums up Batman perfectly, and it sums up how uh, how ridiculous it is for people to, like, you know, draw the line at, at certain characters. Oh, they, they can't be this sexual orientation because on screen they're this sexual or blah, blah, blah. It's like, listen, these characters are so are so ridiculous like in the first place why are you drawing the line at a very realistic thing like them having a relationship with somebody of the same sex so i'm going to uh quote grant morrison and hopefully i can recall this scottish accent i'm doing again i'm not using gay in the pejorative sense but batman is very very gay there's just no denying it obviously as a fictional character he's intended to be heterosexual but the basis of the whole concept is utterly gay Morrison added, oh, sorry, I have an article. Morrison added that this was part of the appeal. I think that's why people like it. All these women fancy him and they all wear fetish clothes and jump around rooftops to get to him. He doesn't care. He's more interested in hanging out with the old guy and the kid. <laughs> like, fucking that's very Morrison. true. They're all just wearing fucking fetish costumes. And Batman, honestly, he's too obsessed with the mission to worry yeah, about relationships right. in, in most, you know, the way most writers portray him. Um, and, and I think, like, it, you know, there, there's multiple mean uh examples of batman where you could say he's hetero there's me there's examples of batman where you're like huh this you know this seems pretty uh not you know like the whole reason bat batwoman was created in the comic books in the first place was to dispel uh rumors about batman and robin there's a lot of gay panic around right. the dynamic duo they literally used to sleep and wake up together in the same bed to like yeah. like you know and at the time, it was just kind of a wholesome thing. But once again, everybody has to add, like, who are really the deviants? The people adding sexuality to this situation, probably? Right. I mean, you're talking people about two like characters that, like, that have experienced severe trauma uh, that that they actually, very similar traumas. So, I mean, you know, they have a brother or father-son relationship. And, you know, I don't think it's unheard of to think that they might find comfort in just being near each other, right? But people had to make it sexual. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's. I I personally think, just like you said about uh, Seto Kaiba, that Batman most most likely he's ace. You know, most likely he's yeah. he's asexual, and the mission is really all that matters. Now, for those of you who aren't aware of the nuance of being asexual, you know, you can actually have sex. You can physically do it. I've read uh, some places that it's no more uh, no more exciting to them than uh, than washing the dishes. But, uh, you know, but like there are possibilities for ace people to also have partners. So the mm-hmm. fact that Batman has had a son with Talia or the fact that he does have this dalliance with Catwoman, maybe it is more romantic and less sexual. Like it's just once again, there's there, there's nuance to everything. And, you know, to just kind of put everything in little, you know, or little boxes or, you know, one or two things is just. It's just ridiculous. Uh, so, you know, and I, I'll uh, my final feeling on 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 that regarding Batman and regarding a lot of these other characters is that um, I want to say, quote unquote, it doesn't matter. I know that it does matter. In fact, that, you know, like we've said throughout this episode, representation is important. But I'm also going to say it doesn't matter in the fact that it doesn't change the character for me. Right. And that if there's a way a character's written that I'm not a huge fan of, guess what I can do? Not fucking read it. Listen, straight straight <laughs> white dudes do. don't have enough characters that they can uh, feel close to and feel represented by. So that's why they get upset when they when they change them. You don't want to saturate the you know the comic verse with all these other characters that are all of a sudden gay or, or lesbian and 
you know, of course, of course, it makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I it, yeah, it's just wild how people get so upset about that. You know, yep. just oh, why do they got to make the character this? Why do they got to? It doesn't matter. Okay, if it doesn't matter, then don't comment on it. It's fine. Right. Like, right. <laughs> you know, wh- why should it matter that they're blah blah blah? Okay, why does it matter that uh, you know, that Spider Man? You know, the the point of Spider Man's relationship with Gwen Stacy. This might kind of be problematic, you know, was to kill her and further him as a character, uh, you know, but the whole, yeah, the whole center point of that relationship wasn't also the fact that he's heterosexual, you right. know? It was well, just it's just like, like if it doesn't matter, love. then they should just get rid of relationships in all comics, right? Spider-Man shouldn't be yeah. with Mary Jane. Yeah. Batman should never be with Catwoman. Uh, Gambit and Rogue shouldn't be together. Like, just if you have a problem with a gay couple, then they shouldn't have couples at all. Yeah, if if you know if a character's quote unquote sexuality isn't important, then don't put heterosexuality into it either. You know, I, I'll be fine with that. I want to see the action. Right. Get to the, right. you know, let me see these fucking robots punching each other or whatever. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't need to know what the humans piloting them are doing in the, you know, in the bedroom or, like I said before, in the kitchen, in the movie theater, you know, at a villa, because relationships are much more than just sex. Yep. <laughs> um, which I cringely closed off my presentation. I remember this part. I said it's not. Um, who you do, it's what you do. And then I included the the video from Batman Begins where he says, it's not who I am underneath, it's what I do that defines me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's beautiful. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right, so uh, I'm just going to, you know, I know we've been going for a little bit here, so I'm just going to throw some more characters out before we wrap up. Um, a couple of HBO characters, Lafayette from True Blood. I don't know if you ever watched True Blood, but... There was uh, a lot of sex, a lot of uh, a lot of everything in, in True Blood, and there were uh, you know gay couples, bisexual couples, all kinds of stuff going on in True Blood. But I think Lafayette in particular really stood out. He was very humorous. Uh, he was one of one of the, if maybe the only human character in the whole show. Uh, and, and he had a lot of agency too. Yeah, I mean, I think, and I, yes, he, you know, everyone knew that he was gay. He was very open about it, and I think he was kind of a very wise character. And they would often go to him for for assistance, for advice. Um, and I thought he was really well represented in that show. I thought Lafayette was. Is that was the great. token mystical Negro trope? We'll find out. If we ever review True Blood. It might be. Who knows? But uh, I liked. Uh, I liked yeah, Lafayette. He'd also- He'd fight back against people. I only watched the first season, but I remember, like, there were these guys saying, like, oh, you know, don't have him cook my food. It's going to get AIDS in it or some shit. Right. And he, like, and he like I think, like, like I put his hands right in it when he served it to him. He's like, oh, don't worry about the AIDS or something like that. Like, yeah, he would like fucking he, throw know, down. Yeah, he doesn't have a fucking problem, you know, about that. Right. Uh, you know, about standing up yeah. for himself. So I re- he, that's why I said, like, he had a lot of agency. I really like Lafayette. He was played by Nelson Ellis, who unfortunately did pass away at age 39 in 2017. So uh, kind of sad, but uh, a great character that I think when people think of True Blood, he will definitely stand out as one of the better characters in that show. Rest um, in power. Also, Oberyn Martell from Game of Thrones. Oh, yes, right? Oberyn. Oberyn, his, his, uh, his sexuality Oberyn. is never, <laughs> yeah, basically. It's never defined in the books, and it's not really even defined in the show. Uh, but there's a, a lot of moments where he's just kind of like, like you know, fuck what you think, right? Like, he's just like, well, literally, he's like, fuck what you yeah, want, I was right? Like, uh, that's what I meant. Uh, that's what I thought you meant. I was like, I was like, whatever you think of, you could fuck it. That's like, I think he's is just, like a reading rainbow song. He's just a very, just like generally, he just feels like very like, uh, you know, he's the red viper and he has his longtime partner, Larry the Sand. Um, and they kind of laugh at monogamy. They laugh at sexual preference. Um, they, it just isn't something that bothers them. And they have partners of, of all types. 
uh, and they're very comfortable with who they are and, and their relationship together. And Ar- Oberyn is uh, definitely one of the most likable characters in that series. I think he's he's got a very heroic mission. Uh, he comes off as a very good person, um, and I'm I'm glad that you know <laughs> you know there's a lot of nuance to these characters in Game of Thrones, but there's really no villainous side to uh, to Oberyn, right? He's trying to get revenge for his sister. And again, he just, he doesn't care if he's attracted to you, he's attracted to you. And if you're interested, you know, he'll uh, he'll he'll get down and dirty with you. So <laughs> I love Oberyn. That was Martel. great how you included the consensual part too. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's out of her, like, if he's attracted to you, he's attracted to you. And then, uh, <laughs> well, well I, I think in Game of Thrones, <laughs> we got to be very specific because unfortunately, uh, you, you know, very much do have there's to be a lot specific. of rape that's in that show. A and, and lot series. of good points. But, yeah. but Oberyn yeah, Martell is not that. He is. Uh, He's actually getting revenge against the rapist, if anything. So he, uh, you know, he again, yes, very consen- consensual with any of his partners, uh, very likable, heroic, and uh, I think most people really enjoyed Oberyn Martell. I know you did. Yeah, uh, not as much as I would have liked to, but uh, right. but I also want to point out how, like, you know, the way you 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 mentioned just the great. Uh, characteristics of Oberyn, he also talks a lot about Dorne, which is known as yep. a free city. Yeah. And all he ever does, is, like, people call him out on so much shit, or rather, he calls other people out on shit that's super normalized in the Seven Kingdoms and or in Westeros, and he's and he's like, oh, well, in Dorne, we don't murder children. Right. In Dorne, we don't rape people. In Dorne, we accept everybody. Like, yeah. in Dorne, we don't, we don't shun bastards. Like, it's a, so, so it's great to see not just a quote-unquote, like, you know, sexual deviant you didn't say that it's my no, words no, yeah. you know or, or sexually liberated rather character you know uh but also to see him as a moral center right too. yeah agree yeah you i know? mean dorn is a very accepting place and that's why Oberon is very accepting of of anybody really you know again he's he's only come here to get revenge for the the rape and murder uh, i believe of his sister right and you know, he he's just and uh, and her children and her yeah. children, and he's just I think kind of disgusted by by how the Seven Kingdoms run things, how they how they treat people and 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 the things that they do because there's a lot of horrible stuff that happens right in Game of Thrones, and you know, for someone who comes from such a free and welcoming place, it's it's uh it's very disgusting to him. Yeah, we see uh we got We got to do that. We see a lot of uh. You know, r- racism, classism, right. misogyny, and you know, it's all—it's all in the name of patriotism and the right. seven kingdoms and everything. And he's just like, "All right, you fucking weirdos." <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> like, okay. "Dorne has the best wine." Also, yeah. <laughs> like, they can't even make good wine in these yeah. in the other kingdoms. And he's Dorne. like one of the most badass fighters in the whole series, right? I mean, he's really, really skilled. So it's not like he's uh, he's this you know all talk and no walk. Like he can definitely back it up. He is incredibly skilled, and and his uh, unfortunately only one fight scene that we do get to see. He's he's incredible in it. Oh yeah, was it just the one? Yeah, I think yeah, it was. You're right. Yes. But uh, but yeah, great. Who else do you have? Was that? Um, I just I have some video game characters I wanted to put in there. Ooh, um, get it, get it. So. I want to mention just Dragon Age and the Mass Effect games in general. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with them, but you basically get to create your own character in, in both series. And uh, in them, you can make them male, female, whatever whatever you want them to be, but you can also have numerous partners. So you can be gay, you can be bi, you can be straight. Uh, it really depends how you want to play it. And there's a number of different characters that have different sexual orientations. Um, and I think they do a really good job representing 
you know, a large spectrum of people in that way. And I know it was very controversial because there's, uh, there's like these sex scenes in the game and, you know, there were gay sex scenes and they weren't overly, uh, they didn't show a lot. It was more of just like, it's usually kissing. a fade away. Yeah. It's like kissing yeah. and, you know, they might take their tops off. They don't actually show like, you know, like penetration or anything like that, you know, that intense. But, uh, I in know saints row four, you can do that. And Keith David's character, president Keith David is the only one who you can't like, if you're a man, you can't have sex. That's hilarious. He's like, he's like, sorry, I don't do that. That's so <laughs> funny. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool that they were just so open about it. And I know that a lot of people were like, why, why do you, why can you have this gay, you know, relationship? And I think now people have calmed down about it and have gotten used to it. Cause there's been like four mass effect games and, uh, three dragon ages. But you know, when they first came out, it was, it was pretty bold move, for a video game to do and you know i was really glad that they included that in it um and i also want to throw out probably the most popular uh gay character in video games would be ellie of the last of us right we, oh that that was my guess yeah I'm, I'm, am i good gamer ty am i good gamer? yes am you good, good gamer? you okay. such good game you know and we, we find out you know what's interesting about ellie is again it doesn't define her uh you know especially in the first game you wouldn't even know that she's gay unless you play the dlc you know, she's, Which I do. she's just a, a survivor, you know, she's a survivor and, and her, her father-ish really, you know, father-daughter relationship with Joel is what really drives that first game. But if you play the DLC, you find out that, you know, she had feelings for her friend Riley, who was a girl. Um, and, and that winds up shaping Last of Us 2 in which she has a relationship with a woman named Dina, uh, that, you know, and it, she actually has, you know, very openly with her. And there is still some some people that are you know i don't you haven't played the last of us too right i haven't yet no okay so i won't but throw I too many spoilers it. out there uh, for you. you but in the very beginning you know it starts with she kissed dina in front of a crowd full of people uh and there was you know some people who were offended by it right they didn't want to see that kind of shit uh and you know kind of pissed joel off that they were they were treating his daughter like this so it starts a whole thing and she winds up openly having a relationship with this girl dina um and there's also actually a uh, a trans character that's why you said we should have reviewed the game yeah uh-huh. there's also a trans character in the last of us too and i know yeah. um, when the game came out they were heavily bombarded with with negative reviews because of this which is just disgusting uh there were so many gamers that were pissed off about this trans character and uh they started projecting onto other characters there's a there's a character named abby who's um who's a woman and she's straight but she's muscular she's very muscular so fans are like oh if you have a trans character abby must be trans too and it was it was very uh very disheartening to see the reaction that a lot of people had i know the creators and the voice cast were were actually getting uh, a lot of hate mail and twitter and and just uh just really getting once again because stuff you know, because people, you know, don't understand and probably myself included to an extent, like, you know, quote unquote, what's feminine, what's masculine, right. blah, blah, blah. Like right. a cis woman who has, quote unquote, who has muscles isn't, quote unquote, masculine necessarily. Yeah. Like we all have muscles. Yeah, just because she's kind of, she's badass, she's kind of intimidating doesn't mean <laughs> that she's trans or, or gay but, or any, you know what I mean? It's just. Because those are qualities that are normally associated. Like this is why people have to read more stuff and see more stuff because you know in all the media we see those are those are masculine traits but like no they're human traits right and we all have them in different in different uh levels yep yep and you know i i do have some issues with the storytelling of the last of us too but overall it has nothing to do 
with the trans or gay characters or their relationships and i think they do it tastefully i don't think there's anything that's that's uh overly you know uh egregiously like you know sexual or anything about them they just happen to have relationships and and these identities uh in this apocalyptic world and i i think they do a really good job with it so uh you should play the last of us too uh, i'm talking to you mike and to the listeners fuck <laughs> <laughs> i started tomb raider and then i've uh it's your fault i've been obsessed with Fortnite. so i know i know that's on you but ooh, it's brought it's brought some friends together all right so don't judge Fortnite. it brings friends together um and my last last thing i wanted to mention was the episode san junipero from black mirror um one of the greatest episodes probably in television history i think it won an emmy um I, I won't go super into detail, but it basically deals with a system uh, that recreates, like, digitally uh, a time period. So let's say you can go back to the 80s, and it's super hyper-realistic, um, and it deals with two women that meet in this world, and and uh, the relationship that they form. And, you know, there's a lot of twists and turns with who they are outside of this world and, and uh you know why this world even exists that I, I won't spoil for readers uh listeners rather but i i definitely recommend the episode it's very well told the relationships you know very well done uh and there's some great characters in that episode so what i'm going to do after this is i'm going to smoke a bowl i'm going to put san juna sorry folks you know what all my favorite podcasts have dogs barking in them anyway so. <laughs> ladies no make good choices okay um <laughs> Uh, San Junipero. Oh, so I'm gonna get San Junipero on Netflix on my phone, and then I'm going to uh, I'm going to play The Last of Us on my TV, <laughs> and I'm going to also uh, on something on my computer. I'm gonna play the Immigrant Song from Thor Ragnarok. So like, wait, <laughs> so have you like, not you seen know, San Junipero? It gets me pumped. I haven't seen San Junipero, oh but you've talked it you talked it up and down, and I know it won an award and shit, and I know it's fucking great. I haven't. Wow. I'm sorry, Charlie Murphy. I was having too much fun. Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't seen. I haven't seen San Junipero yet. All right. Well, um, definitely get on that in the last of us too. So, <laughs> uh, what I want to close with here is Loki. Uh, we're going to be doing mini reviews right. regarding Loki that are going to be released on Monday, similar to how we did Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, except uh, we're we're going to be a little more on top of it. That being, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the first episode isn't out yet, but it'll be out this Monday along with the second one. But uh. But I want to talk about Loki because, like, there's been for years, honestly, it, it has it's not a recent thing. Just I mean, it is just because he has a show. But, you know, even in the comics, I remember a few years ago with the collector's corner on Facebook, people were bitching that, you know, Loki's, uh, you know, gender fluid and all this other stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I have I have some interesting feelings on that because, you know, we see in the Loki show spoilers that uh, his sex is listed as fluid by the TVA. And there's been a lot of debate on social media regarding this. And. And I don't know which side I stand on because, you know, I mean, obviously I don't have a problem with Loki being gender fluid, but I'm not sure that he is. They just say that he shapeshifts. Mm -hmm. To me, that's a fucking power. Like, then there is a lady Loki. There's also a child Loki. Like, but does he identify as those, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. is it just a disguise sure. or does he identify as a woman? What, you know? Yeah, I'm not that. sure that Loki does. Do they refer to Loki as they in the show or do they refer to Loki as he? Right. Like... You know, really, it's, you know, some people say it's whatever creates the most mischief at the time is what Loki's going to be. And, you know, in the MCU, 
No, actually, he hasn't created the most mischief as that for, as that form in the MCU. He became a fucking hero. So, yeah. like, you know, I'm not sure if we want to start equating uh, powers to genders and, and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, but, you know, that being said, I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who are like, oh, that's great. And I, I, I feel represented in right. which case. Let's, let's review and, Ranma one half next and figure and out fine. That... Ooh, let's go <laughs> Ranma one half. Cold water, hot water changes your sex. Um, but does it? That's actually a good question too. Does it change Ranma's gender though? I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I've never actually read or watched it. I just I'm just familiar with it. Physically, when Ranma, for those of you who aren't familiar, it's a manga uh, anime uh, that that involves a, a martial artist who, whenever he's hit with cold water, uh, he turns into a woman, and then whenever she's hit with uh, hot water, she turns back into a man. And uh, you know, I think. You know, I think also I think Ranma identifies as a man regardless, because though though his physical form will change, he also tends to be very shy when he's in that form because he doesn't feel at home in the body of a woman. Um, but there's also it's it's guys, it's manga. There's lots of funny antics that come from it. Probably a, st- a lot of stuff that, you know, is is tongue in cheek and might not hold up uh, today if I went back to view it. Uh, I never finished the series, so perhaps Rama does accept both sides by the end of it. I don't know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I just wanted to bring out that little tidbit about Loki. You know, I'm not really sure where, where I, where I stand regarding that, you know, do we want to misconstrue powers with gender or sexual identity or whatever, you know, do we want to also other people say like, oh, Loki's pansexual. Like, okay, well that has a completely different, that has nothing to do with gender. Like, like that's another thing. Whoever you're attracted to has nothing to do with how you identify as that. You know, those are two separate. Well, we've things. never seen and Loki actually have a relationship or or be sexually interested in anyone, right? I mean, I I don't think they've really gone over that. At least not in the MCU. Yeah, I'm not sure. Not in the MCU. Yeah. Uh, in Norse mythology, there's been you know a lot yeah. of mischief. Uh, you know, he's he's had sex with vi- different animals and stuff too. Which yeah, Fenrir is his is son. Also, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I believe Fenrir the wolf is his son. Um, you know, but even then, like if if you want to apply a label to him and put him under that, you know, the LGBTQIA plus umbrella, now all of a sudden you have a character who canonically has sex with animals, and then that furthers the myth that that you know p- these people are sexual deviants. Right. So like, you know, it's a lot a lot of shit's dicey, folks. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. You got to think for yourself. You know what I'm talking about? Read between the lines. <laughs> but uh, cut the podcast right there. But um, <laughs> but uh, imagine read between the lines. Cut. Uh, but you know, yeah, like, uh, my father literally, (laughs) he has so many good tidbits regarding, (laughs) regarding gay stuff. He has told me that, um, that gay people regularly had sex with dogs. That is what he knew them to do. Who educated him is what I want. I really have no, no clue. Um, you know, there's also, uh. Um, you know, and then, but that's, it's so weird that that's where everybody goes to though, because there was the whole discussion around gay marriage and, uh, you know, shout out North star from the X-Men. We didn't bring you up, but, um, you know, we talk about gay marriage and there are people who are like, well, what's to stop a guy from marrying his dog or to stop him from marrying a horse. And, you know, that right there actually is non-consensual. Well, (laughs) that's the thing. One, that, and two, it exposes the internalized misogyny of, of cis culture because you realize that wives are not viewed as partners they're viewed as stuff you own i mean like realistically if animals were like able to talk to us and interact with us i mean maybe there would be interbreeding you know what i mean like i don't know but at the same time like it, anytime somebody has sex with an animal it's non-consensual for that animal right they can't say no or yes so i mean i think that's that's kind of a, a whole 
whole rabbit yeah, hole even you know go down yeah. with that but don't talk about rabbit holes when you're talking about having sex with animals <laughs> oh, for the love of god i didn't I, mean it that way but wow, uh, wow. <laughs> this you reminded me of uh, jay and silent bob strike back when you were like hypothetically you know <laughs> I'm like, when he goes this fucker's not one of us you said he fuck a sheep and they kicked sean william scott out of the <laughs> um but uh but yeah we'll let the well <laughs> We'll go into the furry community on an episode two. Fuck right. it. But um, but uh, but you know, but uh, <laughs> but with with uh with with those di- digressions, folks, don't don't believe you know do, don't fall into the myths. Uh, do do some research. Uh, you know, ask people and know people who are actually in this community. You know, I'm <laughs> and and just uh, check your privilege sometimes and yep. realize that you're kind of fucking dumb. Yeah. Uh, because you're ignorant and it's not your fault. You know, I've met a non-binary person and within three minutes referred to them as a she, and I was so fucking mad at myself. Yeah. And you know what they said? They just said, uh, they and them, please. Yep. That was it. Yep. That was all that happened. I was meaner to myself than they were to me about it. Um, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm friends with a trans man and, uh, you know, we were, you know, we were going somewhere together and, and he, uh, and I was, and he was like, oh, I hope there's a bathroom here. I hope it's not gross. And I was like, and I was like, oh, well, like, you know, you could always just use the urinal. And, and he's like, you could use the urinal. He's like, I have to worry about sitting down. I'm like, absolutely true you right, right, <laughs> you right. you do <laughs> you know and that's you know that's it it's just folks just you know you could just you can be ignorant just try yeah. to learn and that's listen it. it's it's great to celebrate pride in june but uh, don't forget to celebrate the other 11 months of the year that's that's what i would say and I think that that is the, the perfect way to close off. For those of you who want to uh, rate and review us, you can go to uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, you know, you can subscribe. You can listen to us wherever. Uh, you can find us on YouTube if I feel like it. Just search up Politipop Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Politipop Pod, Instagram at Politipop Podcast. Email us at Politipopcast at gmail.com. And as always, you can find our show notes and sources a few months after the fact at Politipoppodcast.wordpress.com. Actually, I usually update them once a month. <laughs> but, uh, folks, in, in, a, in an effort to, to, to protect my own mental health, I'm doing what I got to do to not stress myself out. Uh, but uh, thank you all for understanding. Thank you all for listening. Uh, special thanks to all of you, all of you out there and all of our listeners who are who are under this uh, the LGBTQIA plus umbrella. And uh, I'm not sure if two spirit is included under there, but I do want to mention uh, two spirit, uh, you know. Uh, which is uh, primarily known as an indigenous term. We explored it when we reviewed Lovecraft Country as well. Uh, But uh, special thanks to all of you. And um, stay out there. Stay strong. Remember that uh, existence is resistance. Uh, You're not alone. And uh, as always, special thanks to Antonia Hava for logo design. And remember, no matter what you're... Oh, wait. uh, For the Politipop Podcast, I have been Mike Booch. I have been Ty. And uh, remember, no matter what you're watching, what you're reading, what you're listening to, no matter what you're experiencing or, or who you're speaking to or who you're socializing with, just remember to never stop thinking, never stop learning. Don't be afraid to learn. And always remember to read between the lines. And scene. Happy Pride Month, y'all. <laughs>